Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, this week is their last episode before Christmas, so we want to wish you and everyone listening a Merry Christmas. Um, It's been an incredible journey, like we always say, Chad, but we just can't get enough of this podcast and the process of interviewing coaches and leaders and learning from them as well. Um, but yeah, we want to wish you guys a, 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 a very Merry Christmas um, and, and hopefully you guys will um, take up the, the mantle of continuing to lead for Christ here in this next year. Yeah, and, and uh, just uh, we've been doing this Christian community uh, where we've been bringing people into our community and creating a space for them to grow, to connect with us. and and to get more more inside information. And uh, just as a Christmas present to you all, we wanted to release the entire uh, interview today. And so after after Gian uh, prays at the end, uh, the interview is gonna continue and uh, you'll hear just a few more nuggets of wisdom from our, our guest today. Yeah, and we'll put the, the link to the community in the show notes. Um, I'm, we're having a blast writing devotionals every week and, and the members of the community get a few extra questions from each guest every week if you guys are not a part of it yet but this week we wanted to give you the whole episode to see what it feels like to be a part of the community and it's not just the extra minutes of a podcast that you get you get chat and eyes book um you get weekly devotionals and if the the, the community grows a lot chat uh, we're going to start doing some uh, monthly live streams where we can just connect and and, and develop a sense of community Um, But yeah, but today's guest, Chad, is Ryan Smith. He's the head football coach at SAGU uh, in Texas. And he's such a blast to talk to, Chad, because he sounds like a football coach. You know, he just has that that voice of like, I can I will follow him wherever he goes. And, you know, if he tells me to jump off a bridge, I will just because he sounds really cool. But in this episode, you can really feel his heart um, for development, his heart for for Christ. Um, What what were some of the things that, that you liked about it, Chad? Yeah, I think Ryan Smith is just an awesome Christian coach, and uh, you hear it throughout this on what he's doing to implement that within his program and invest in his players. Talks a lot about conviction, and, and he gets into what Joshua one nine means to him. Uh, there's a little mini uh, beautiful sermon in here, and it inspired me. Um, he also talks about for coaches um, thinking about transitions. I know this is a big time for, for football coaches and transitions, but if you're if you're feeling that. He gives a little bit of advice uh, for, for what you should be thinking through and what my, God might be doing uh, in that process. But uh, enough time spent. We are ready to get into this interview with Coach Ryan Smith right now. Coach Ryan Smith, thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. We always like to start a conversation with the question, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? You know, I just think understanding that there's an element of your, you have to be driven by convictions. Uh, as, as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower, we operate out of the ramification of our convictions. And, you know, understanding that and, and knowing that is very important. We also understand that we're purpose driven. You know, um, you encounter a lot of people in this profession that, you know, it, it's a win and, you know, the people are, are, are not as important. But uh, if you're a believer, I do believe that you're purpose-driven, you're conviction-motivated, and that you've got to operate out of the ramifications of that conviction. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in and to convict you and guide you and lead you. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that whatever situation you're going into, if God's moving you, because the nature of this profession is we're, we're going to move, we're going to do some different things. Um, God has to release you from where you are before he sends you where you're going. And um, I think that's extremely important to understand that if you don't feel released from where you're at, uh, then you don't need to be looking for a new place. And, uh, you know, I think that's extremely important. And again, that goes into the conviction driven aspect of it. So if there's anything for me as a believer, understanding the element of the Holy Spirit being uh, center of your life and directing you and you operating out of the convictions that he gives you. Yeah, that's that's a that's a phenomenal answer. And I think it, it speaks to coaches, mainly college coaches that are job hopping every every so often, you know, um, and and we see and it, not that it's wrong. You know, if God is calling you to go to all these different places, that's fine. But I think sometimes we just look for the next be- better place, the next step up and the next one. Um, and so me being here at Liberty, this is I'm starting my 10th year. And oh, wow. awesome. I, yeah, that's the that's the that's the comments I get most. Wow. 10 years as an assistant coach. Um, and it's, you know, God, God hasn't called me anywhere else right now. I'm just yeah. being um, actively patient. <laughs> that's um, that's that's the you know just being um just giving my all to where i am right now never never looking to the next the next big thing you know um how how have you come to that conclusion um of um of what a christian coach um is um did you have people in your life that that pour into you um go ahead my mom is uh, probably my number one spiritual influence. And obviously I've had some extremely good spiritual mentors, spiritual fathers uh, throughout my life. I uh, still am interacting with those on a daily basis now. And those are very important to me. Uh, but my mother was, uh, she had me in church every time the doors open. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to, to see my family and, and the different avenues of, of, you know, being plugged into the church and allowing God to do what God does um, and, and seeing how that impactful it is and how much favor you can have because of that. I tell guys all the time, blessings are, are kind of like a roller coaster. They come and they go, but God's favor will sustain you even in the midst of uh, difficult seasons. Uh, you still feel the favor of God. Um working in you and you know my mom taught me that at a very early age uh she she's a she's a tough lady uh and she is probably my number one spiritual influence and um she also stuck me she, she at 15 years old she was like you know you're you're kind of loud uh you, you're kind of um borderline obnoxious uh sometimes and and you like being the center of attention so at 15, she was convinced I was supposed to be a pastor or a preacher. So she stuck me in the pulpit. And uh, so she kind of was like, here, this is what you're going to do. And uh, being from a small town in Mississippi, I'm from a town of about 420 people in Mississippi, a town called Noxapater. Um, and, you know, being from that small town, I just thought I'd always be a pastor. And uh, I got to SAGU, was actually a ministry major, and uh, just just didn't fail you know, you go back to that conviction and, and that passion and that direction, and it was just more geared towards sports. And, uh, you know, quickly saw that maybe this is the direction I'm supposed to go within the, the pastoring element of it. Uh, but, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, that they're still conviction driven, you know, you still got to operate. The Holy Spirit still has to be active. Uh, he has to be present. 
and uh, he has to be at the center of what you're doing. Uh, you know, Jesus made it very clear. He said, there's another one coming who can be closer than a brother. And it's such an interesting dynamic to have that kind of relationship and know that the Holy Spirit will direct your every step. And it's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. What are some of the commonalities since you, you started studying uh, to, to be a pastor uh, and your mom was gearing you towards that, that direction? What are some of the commonalities between pastors and coaches, specifically a football coach like you? You know, at SAGU, and we're a different dynamic, and we understand that. We, we, we feed off that. You know, that's who we are. Um, all of our guys, you know, I've got 36 hours of biblical-based studies, which is what was required when I was here. Uh, every player on our team gets at least 18. Uh, and, you know, when I was sitting down with our president, he said, listen, I can find a football coach anywhere. I need a coach who's willing to pastor. Uh, so, so in that element, I understand the um, spiritual formation is what the term we use. The spiritual formation yeah. of our players is at the forefront of what I'm trying to do. I have really good assistant coaches. Uh, that do a great job with the football dynamics. And, you know, we, we've stressed the football dynamics. But football for us is, is, a, is a tool. It's the connecting point to get these guys to understand that the spiritual formation, their identity in Christ. Um, you know, I tell guys all the time, when freshmen walk in, they're all in the same, they're all in the same boat. They don't know who they are in Christ. They're one of two things. They're, they're exactly who their mom and dad raised them to be, or they just don't have any clue. And they have no sense of spiritual formation. But it's all the same. And our goal in that first year is to really get them to identify what their convictions are, what they're, you know, what they're driven by. I understand mom told you tattoos are wrong, but is that a conviction for you? I understand she used 1 Corinthians 9, told you that your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, what is your conviction and what is your direction on that? And getting these guys to find a personal identity in Christ. Um, you know, some things we do. Uh, within that is, is I break down a different book of the Bible every year, type out a full, probably 20 page, uh, book. And we hand each and every one of my book every year. Uh, for instance, last fall and spring, which is what we played. We played fall and spring, yeah. uh, which was crazy. Uh, <laughs> we broke down the book of Philippians. And, uh, so our entire breakdown was on the book of Philippians had a weekly study on it. Uh, you know, getting, Getting young men from 16 to about 25 to self-reflect, I think, is extremely important. Uh, and getting them to, you know, take a hard look in the mirror and, and not compare themselves to everybody's highlight reel on social media and all those things is extremely important. So all of our biblically-based, um, you know, studies are, are cause for re reflection. Uh, I'm reading a book or just finished a book, and the guy says, pastors and coaches – Number one responsibility is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. I think that's exactly what we're trying to do. Um, Philippians is one of my favorite books. Uh, I think right along, obviously shouldn't have favorite books in the Bible, but you know, um, the whole Bible is true. Um, but there's some verses in there. One of my favorite, it's Philippians 121, right? Um, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And, you can, you know, the guy, Paul is just in jail, shipwrecked and all those things. And then he goes on in another book to talk about he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. And sometimes I think we think of power, like God is giving us power, but it's actually finding comfort in the struggle, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's giving God the glory um, through, through the trials and tribulations of our lives. Um, 
how have you seen that growth in your players when you take such an intentional approach to above and beyond what the school requires to go into depth and study the Bible? You know, I think the players just really start to understand, you know, a lot of cultures push, uh, you know, the development of men. Uh, what we talk about is three-dimensional development. So everything for us is three-dimensional development. So we do a uh, roster checklist on this at the beginning and the end of fall, our fall season. So we believe players have to be physically prepared to play football. And that's kind of our first indication, whether it's through, you know, in the recruiting process through huddle or film or, you know, their coach. Are they physically prepared to play at this level? The second thing we're looking for is mental engagement. Um, you know, do they have the academic standings, uh, you know, to be a collegiate athlete? Are they mentally engaged? But the second ramification we talk about is spiritually led. And um, since I'm at a Pentecostal college, I can say spiritually led. Uh, <laughs> other places I'd have to say character driven. Uh, but yeah. we are, I can say spiritually led. Uh, and that's, that's a good thing. But, you know, with what we do, we stop our entire football process in the course of a week to just really sit down and study scripture. I mean, we take an hour and a half window to really dig into it. And what it causes is it causes a connection that, you know, as a head coach, that this is important, uh, that, that I care enough to make this a priority that we're going to stop everything we're doing. Everybody else is watching film. Everybody else is lifting. Everybody else is doing all that. And we're sitting here breaking down scripture. We're studying scripture. And for them, I think once they start to understand at the very core of us, the core of our entire staff is the element of development and understanding that, Hey man, we just want to see you grow as a man. And you know, there's different, there's different goals. I think there's a different mission. Some of our guys on roster are going to preach to thousands. <laughs> They're going to save millions. Yeah. I mean, we have phenomenal Christian guys. Some of the guys on our roster through the course of our program will get a degree, uh, meet someone, get married, stay married to that person and live a long, prosperous life and take their children to church and, and break a lot of spiritual bondage, break a lot of, uh, you know, generational, uh, barriers, generational, you know, curses uh, because of the spiritual implication. And that has nothing to do with me. That is completely a Holy Spirit driven thing. But I think oftentimes our guys, uh, we have a lot of Mississippi Juco guys, uh, which are okay. my guys. Uh, and we have Cali Juco guys. Uh, we have different, you know, types of players. So for them to get a different version of the gospel is extremely important. Because if the only version they get is going to church with their grandmother and, you know, in a small church and that setting, that may not have clicked. Maybe our version of it uh, and the way we're presenting it may be the route to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's great. Um, I saw it during my research on you a little bit. I saw um, Joshua 119 pop up several times. Um, <laughs> what is... What does that verse mean to you? Um, and how does that impact your coaching and your life? I'm a big reader. Uh, I read all the time. Uh, I've got 12 books that I'm going to read this year. Um, but I think the Bible is your number one leadership guide. I mean, <laughs> if you're looking to study leadership, just pick up the word. Yep. You know, why does Moses at 80 leave a comfortable setting to go put himself through whatever was coming next, not knowing what was coming next? 
you know, and all of those things. With um, a speech impediment. <laughs> yes, with an affliction, with the disqualification. I'm fascinated by Joshua because he sat for 40 years and watched what we consider the father of the New Old Testament, yeah. wrote the Pentateuch, did all the things that he did. And, and what I love about him is as he transitioned to leadership, there was a clear message from God and from Moses. Be strong, be courageous. Listen, dude, everything else will work out if you'll just be strong and be courageous. But the one thing I love about him, as soon as he stepped into the role, he started making moves. Hey, we're going to do this. Hey, he started declaring vision over him. And he just did it. Uh, he had 40 years worth of, you know, uh, evidence to show the reason he shouldn't do what he did. But he had an internal conviction driven within him to tell him why what he did. And he had one trip in which he went into Canaan with the spies. And he set on that vision. He set on that. And he lived on that for 30 plus years until the day he stepped into his leadership role. And I know for me personally, I worked for nine head coaches before I got a head job. I interviewed for 37 head jobs before I got one. Wow. Uh, you know, and every coach has those stories. Yeah. They just, you know, keep beating their head against the wall. <laughs> and I learned so much from all those guys. And I was so thankful for each one of them. Uh, you know, and, I, and they taught me so much, but I think, um, you know, just sitting on it and going, I, I have this vision for what I think a football program should look like. I have a vision for what I think, how to build things. And I just had to sit on it. And, uh, you know, Joshua gave me a lot of comfort in the fact that when I did get my opportunity, just be strong, be courageous. You're going to be wrong. You're going to make bad decisions. You're going to make mistakes. Uh, you're going to zig when you should have zagged. And you're going to do all those things. But, man, be strong, be courageous, and keep moving forward. Yeah. And you're going to enter a promised land. True. That's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Um, they, thank you. Um, that's, it, it's true. I think sometimes when we look at football, even, uh, you know, um, Rogers sat behind Brett Favre for so many years, right? Obviously not 40 years, right? But you, you're learning, yeah. you know, it's um, not a Christian example, but you're learning from, from, from one of the best, right? And you're just paying attention. And then when you get your chance, you're not, you're not going to copycat what he just did but you're gonna have some some convictions that you're like this is this is how it should be done you know and then you add yeah. your own little flair to it um and it and it i think that's when god gets the glory right when you still are able to to add your personality that he gave it to you you know um to to your program um i think it's uh it's it's a great um note for coaches um Co coach smith thank you so much for taking the time um, we, we would like to end with prayer and asking you, how, how can we be praying for you? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to, it's, it's NAI. So we're constantly having staff changes. <laughs> uh, you know, we just, uh, praying for a solidification of my staff. I've got a few things I need to, you know, answer questions on there. And then I think the biggest thing is, is pray for our guys. Um, you know, we feel we have a, a, a great, player leadership we you know we talk about coach fed player led all the time uh but those guys leave us at the first of may and we don't get them back to august uh it's just the nature of any you know our, our bar institution yeah. kind of where we are uh so you're constantly praying for those guys that they don't lose motivation that they don't lose focus um that they don't just give up you know that that something we did spiritually will stick with them. So we're praying for all of our guys, for the retention of our, our roster, for our recruiting. And, you know, I, that's a big thing. I pray every day, God, bring the right ones in and get the wrong ones out. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's extremely important. So.
Yeah. All right. Let's get to prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for, for your mercy. Thank you so much that you sent the Holy Spirit to be with us while um, until, until you come back, Father. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with uh, Coach Smith as he makes uh, staff changes, staff decisions. Lord, that, that he, he'll seek you first and foremost in order to make those decisions, that he won't rely on his own understanding, Father, that but he'll seek you and uh, be with all his players as, as they're home now. Lord, that, that they'll continue also to seek you, Father, that the things that they learn while at SAGU, Lord, that they will continue to apply them during the summer that their drive will not uh, wean, Lord, and that, that they'll come back in August uh, ready for another season, ready to represent you and, and ready to glorify you with their gifts. In your name I pray. Amen. I got, I got two questions real quick. One, you said you like reading. So what some book recommendations do you have for coaches? Oh, uh, you know, um, whoo, that's tough one, man. <laughs> yeah, Maybe one that you just recently read that, 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 that struck with you. Uh, I read the, I went through the MOL program and, um, man, it was the five dysfunctions of a team. Yeah. It's a really good book. Uh, I recently read when the day, any Mark Batterson stuff is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, there, there's one that I read by Scott Wilson, who was my pastor at the Oaks fellowship. Uh, he is also on John Maxwell's leadership team called ready, set, grow. And, uh, it is the most phenomenal book about young coaches and creating a vision for building a program. Uh, it, it is definitely one of my, my top, mo, top three most influential books that I've ever read in my life. It's called Ready, Set, Grow by Scott Wilson. I mean, it, it is just, it, it's awesome. Okay, uh, that's it great. Really does, is it really pushes you to create like a visualization of your, of your vision, like some kind of drawing diagram, you know, in the book, he uses a basketball and a goal about yeah. church attendance, but, uh, you know, man, it was, it, it ready, set, grows a really powerful book. That's great. My, my next question is you talked about always keeping the Holy Spirit active in our lives. Um, how, how can coaches and even so we can teach our players, how can we do that? You know, God's always spoken to me through scripture, you know, uh, you know, I, to, for different people, it was different things. Yeah. Right? For some guys, it was a wet rug at the front door. Uh, <laughs> you know, forgetting it was, but for me, it was always through scripture. Um, I'm a big believer in, in you know, studying scripture and, and reading scripture. I'm fascinated by the Bible. Uh, there's always something that just jumps out to me. But I think how you start your day, and this goes into my most recent read, which was Mark Batterson's Win the Day. Yeah. How you start your day sets the entire course of it. Yep. And, and developing those daily habits to, you know, almost uh, engage the Holy Spirit. Like, what are you doing to engage the relationship when you wake up? Uh, if, you know, if it's 30 minutes of social media, I don't, I don't know for you. you know what, I'm <laughs> but what are you doing to engage the Holy yep. Spirit and to, to, to start that relationship? If I walked in with my wife every day uh, and we didn't speak to lunch, like how have I opened up channel of communication? How have I started in the engagement process uh, of our day? And understand that's a daily toll. That the only time, you know, Jesus, Holy Spirit, not the Easter Bunny, they're not Santa Claus. <laughs> you can't hit them up twice a year, uh, you know, want a present. And you've got to understand that you've got to engage daily into that relationship and then operate out of it. Like you've got to do those small steps of faith. If, if you interact with somebody, 
and you feel led to pray for them, pray for them. Do those small steps of faith uh, that, that will often lead you to be more spirit driven. And I think that's so important. Like oftentimes the spirit's going, Hey, this relationship can grow the minute you start doing these small things. Um, and if we view, um, our, our, if we view it like a relationship and start daily habits and how we start it and open up with engagement with the Holy spirit and engagement with God in our life, then that's going to set the course of our entire day. Yeah. I think sometimes we look at God as, um, um, the lucky charm, you know, oh. and, and sometimes it's like, Hey, if I do these things, then I will find favor in, in, in God's eyes instead of, no, he just wants a relationship. He wants to be engaged um, with you on, on a consistent basis. And sometimes we just talk, 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 and never really just stay quiet and listen. Hey, Gen- Genesis one, the whole point of man is God showed up every morning <laughs> to spend time with Adam and Eve. Yeah. That was his whole agenda. Create man in my own image and hang out. <laughs> and we separate that by sin. So ultimately you read right there that the whole point was just to, to, to be together. Yeah. The whole point was for relationship. And we start to view it like relationship is totally different. You know, and, and, and I think it's, it's so important is, um, and, you know, th- this is kind of something I've asked a lot of my spiritual leaders to pray over me is, uh, you know, God, stop allowing coach uh, to settle for the natural and start living in the super. And that's kind of been, I'm on a 21-day deal. I'm on day 14 of that, of just that being my prayer, of stop settling for the natural and start living in the super. And under and, and what that does is that calls you to see every situation different in your life. It's an engagement and a forefront that the Holy Spirit's going to be out in front and he's going to lead God and direct. Very true, very true. Well, Coach, thank you so much for for coming on. We really appreciate it. This was such a cool uh, episode. So, so thankful that uh, Jean for this idea to just give away the free material for a little Christmas present to our listeners. And uh, I just really loved hearing the, the, the questions and the extra dialogue at the finish. But Coach Ryan Smith, such a great job. I uh, loved talking about uh, just Moses and, and Joshua and, and the leadership principles there. And uh, just the quote, too, on just God will release you from where you are before telling you where you're going. Um, just a lot of coaches there's so much movement and discontentment and um, struggle in that. And uh, I think you're just really feeling feeling that peace and that calling to know, like, I'm done here. God's calling me something new. Uh, and the last thing for me, Gene, was just uh, to hear a coach speak that strongly about a book recommendation. Uh, Ready, Set, Grow. I've never read it. And uh, excited to add that one to the wish list on Amazon. Yeah, Chad, as he was talking about Joshua 1.9 and how Joshua sat under Moses for 40 years before he took the reins, it took me back to our college years, Chad, as listeners that have been listening for a long time know we were both teammates in college and you were two years ahead of me and you were a team captain for the two years that I came into college. And so your senior year, you actually wrote me a letter. And I don't know if you remember it, but I have the letter with me here. It's, it's always in my Bible. And if you don't mind, I would like to read it because it, it talks about Joshua and Moses. Is that okay? Yeah, let's hear it. So it says, Brother G-Man, I'm passing the torch to you. God sent me to Liberty to play a little tennis and to be a light on the dark tennis team. In the past four years, five guys have trusted in Jesus. I am definitely... 
definitely not taking credit. Only God can work in people's hearts. But he has used me to be committed to praying for each member of the team and being their friend and trying to show them Christ's love. Go read Joshua chapter 1. I feel like Moses in that I have led the team right up to the promised land and now you get to lead them there. Some of the guys are so close to jumping into a relationship with Jesus. I also feel like a little like Paul when he told Timothy, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now, buddy, it's your turn to lead. A few things to remember is that true leadership is about trying out to serve, not in miles per hour, but trying to serve everyone else. Also pray or beg God to enter into the lives of your teammates every day. Be committed to that. Lastly, be in tune with the Spirit's voice. He'll tell you when to speak, what to say, when to shut up, where to go, how to love, who to focus your time and energy on. It's your turn. Lead by example. Your brother in Christ, Chad. Let's <laughs> and, go. And so, Chad, that as a 20-year-old guy, that spoke volumes to me that you trusted in me with the pastoring of the team for the last two years of my college career. And And that was always in the back of my, of my mind, always looking to shepherd the new Joshua that once I left, he would also take the, the reins and, and, and keep that going for the program. And now, you know, 14 years later, we've seen what men's tennis here at Liberty has done and in the, in the heights that they've reached. And so it's really, really encouraging to see God's, uh, God's promises coming alive. Man, that's so cool to hear that. And I don't remember reading, writing that, giving it to you, but uh, so cool to see how God, God might have used us in the past. And um, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I've loved doing this podcast with you, Gian, and, and you are leading so strong, uh, just like Joshua. And uh, we're so amped up and excited to have a, a whole nother slate of interviews coming up in uh, 2022. And uh, let's uh, let's make a big impact, coaches. Uh, this can be this can be the semester that that player comes to Christ or that person on the coaching staff comes to Christ. So just encourage you guys keep keep going. Yeah. And Chad, we want to tease out our last guest for this year. It was probably one of my favorite podcasts that I did um, in the season two, and and it will be with um, Liberty's play by play commentator. Um, and we're not going to give out his name yet. You can find him out, but um, wait for next week because it will be a great podcast to finish the year with. And coach, remember, the mission field is right where you're at. <laughs>